Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. And we'll be doing things just like that. In fact, we'll be taking a vintage car ride through the French Riviera this summer. And we'll be truffle hunting in Florence in the fall, to name just a few of the experiences so that I can give you a feel for it. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, welcome, Kimberly. Why do you have a camera in my face? Murgatroyd, how are you? Social media, boo. Social media. You know, you no matter what we do, no matter how much we hear, we're not supposed to wake up in the morning and look at it. We're supposed to shut it off at night. We're not supposed to be on their phones all the time. We're supposed to have screen-free Saturdays and Sundays. We're always looking at it. <laughs> it just didn't work. It just didn't work out. We're always looking at the damn thing, aren't we? We are. Well, how are you today? I am uh, busy. How do you like that? You're busy? I'm busy. I'm a busy beaver. Rumor has it that uh, in uh, 89 days, you will be uh, out of this country. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. I mean, it. this is, you know, less than three months now. So it's like, you know, I'm starting to get rid of things in the house. I Do you want to know what the new thing I have is when I go into a like a clothing store. Why did you get a box the size of me? Is it? Is, is it? Is, does that have any uh, anything I'm, to I'm do with you? <clears throat> anything to do with the fact that I'm I'm going to be on that list of boxing? No, you're going to come with us. But you know, can I tell you what I'm, my uh, my new thing is when I walk into a clothing store? Yes. Okay. What, does your mic have hair on it? What are you doing? Right <laughs> I feel now? like a I feel like a cat has rolled all over this mic, and my anal retentive self it's bothering me. Okay, okay. all right, that's better. I, right. I digress. You feel better now? I do. Okay, so now, and I want you to do this too. Mm. When I walk into a store, mm-hmm. I say, if I'm not packing it in a suitcase for Europe. I'm not purchasing it. It's exactly what happened to me. I went to uh, Target the other day uh, to grab something and I saw a cool t-shirt and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm trying to get rid of shit because I don't want to be taking, I don't want to be packing, I don't want to yeah. be taking. So I'm starting to like think twice about- Isn't that crazy how that happens? <clears throat> yeah, you get super selective. Um, so are you excited about moving? I, you know, I am really excited. You know, in 89 days, we're going to be boarding a plane for four months in Europe and then plopping ourselves down somewhere in California to be determined. I have no clue where that will be. But yeah, I'm getting really excited and I'm starting to just like look around and um, give things away, throw things away, recycle things. And it's it's actually really fun and kind of therapeutic because you get to see what you really... <clears throat> really, really like. Well, you know, no coincidence here. This episode happens to be about the first 100 days of post-retirement, which is sort of going into the next 90 days of what we're going to be doing with retirement. And I hate to call it retirement because I don't... It's like a career shift. It's like, I mean, it's not a midlife crisis. It's, it's not a retirement. Two. It's act two. We just need a name for this thing. It's possibly act three. <laughs> possibly act, act three, you know? You know what? You know something funny? I get to show you later. Mm. In the photo album that I pulled out of the uh, trenches... I found a picture of my dad from his 50th birthday party and I was looking at it and I was like, this is so weird because- my, you, you married your father. Like pretty much. I was like, this is so weird because it was like an over the hill party and like all of this stuff. And I just don't feel that way about you. I feel uh, like you're like 20. Uh, I feel 22. You're I, like Benjamin Not 22, Button. 20 also. You know, <laughs> so here's here's the thing. When I think about these first hundred days since, uh, I feel like I'm doing a, uh, you know- A you state know, of the union? Yeah, you know when the president does his first hundred days in office um, and they talk about everything he fucked up hey, and and obviously some of the things he did good. I, I mean, there's there's a mix of all different things. And I know that a lot of the people that, not a lot, but a significant portion of the people who follow this podcast- are maybe in transitional points in their career as well, or they're on the the early fringes of, I feel like I need to get myself out of this. I just don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And so I thought it would be a good idea today to sort of talk about what the stages have been like on the other side of this, which is actually leaving the business. So I thought I would outline it. What do you think about that, honey? Do you like that idea? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I'd love to just set the stage. I mean, I know we've talked about this a lot, but not everyone has listened to every single episode. So, you know, let's say early December, we were sitting at our kitchen table and playing Stupid Idea Time. And I said, Stupid Idea what if we made a commitment to either sell, close, or give away the clinic? We, Rob was a chiropractor, owned a medical clinic. Um, what if we sold, closed, or gave away the clinic um, as of you know December 31st of this year and just moved full-time into our passion projects? My network marketing business is doing really well. It can afford to keep us you know, alive and fed and afloat. And Rob was on the cusp of launching his first mastermind. And, you know, in my head, I just had this vision of him trying to like do the medical office stuff by day and masterminding by night, podcasting, family. And I just felt like he was going to break or none of it was going to be very effective. That's how I felt as well. You know, you're, you're, you're making me think of something before I go into these stages. 
I had a conversation this morning with a uh, with another chiropractor, and I was telling him he's still practicing, and I was telling him that uh, I got a call from a different chiropractor who said, "Hey, dude, I you know I've been listening to your podcast, and um, I've been following you on social media, and I realized that." Being a chiropractor for me, I don't want to. He's ten years my junior uh, in this in the profession, and you know, he said, I just don't want to wind up, you know, like you like did, you? <laughs> yeah, spending spending the last ten years of my life doing something that I didn't really really love to do. And so I had two clinics, and I sold them, and I was like, whoa, I was like gone. He goes, yep, I'm signing the paperwork this week. And I relayed that story to the chiropractor I was on the phone with today. And um, I said, you know, he didn't get much for the office. Uh, he got $25,000 for each office. He really just wanted to get rid of the office. He kept all the accounts receivable, which is frankly where all the, the value of the office is anyway. And he said, I'm going to live on the accounts receivable from the two offices and the $50,000. And when I told the story to the chiropractor today, he said, well, that $50,000 is going to run out. And so is that accounts receivable. And in that moment, I realized that when you have that level of thinking, and I'm going to call that fear, because there's, you, you know, what is, what is reality? It's only our perception. So his perception was, yes, the money is going to run out, then it's going to be over, which is why I'm going to keep doing a job that I hate doing. Because, which, by the way, is where we were for a decade in that exact same fear. And then I said to him, I said, I disagree, mon chéri, au contraire. And he said, why? I said, because here's what happens. You know, if you've been a businessman for 10 years, 15 years, you know how to run a business. You're very well aware of what's in your bank account. And you also know that if you've got $50,000 in accounts receivables that plus accounts receivables that are coming in, that that's a ticking clock. And that is eventually going to go away. And what happens is your brain starts to go, oh shit, I'm not going to, because you have a standard of living, I'm not going to drop that standard of living. I am going to find a way. And that's where the magic is. Because when you have to find a way, and you have the time to find the way, then you find the way and you start opening up to more inspiration. So I realized that until that mindset changes, and until, like you just mentioned, we change that mindset, it is never going to change and you're always going to be in that place. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a business, I don't care if it's chiropractic or whatever it is, and if you are so dependent on relying on that income to survive forever, then you're never going to leave. So I, I really firmly believe that you have to look at this as a stage and go, look, I'm going to, whatever this is, I got a window of maybe 90 days or maybe six months, and I have to perform in that time. I'm putting myself on notice. I'm putting myself on the line, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do because I have to perform. And I'm willing to step forward in faith and do it. I think until you make that decision, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it. And you also, there are things that you can't account for when you're on, you know, let's say the left side of the grass in the old career. There's things you can't account for like bandwidth, you know, because once your bandwidth releases, you all of a sudden realize you have so much more that you're capable of and that you can do. So let's get to it. So first thing is questioning your decision, right? So what happened? So walk me through this for you. Okay. Like, you you closed the clinic. Well, we sold the clinic. Our doors closed. We basically did like an equity sale, I guess is what you call it. Um, 
where a clinics nearby absorbed all of our stuff. So whatever that is. So doors close. January 1, you wake up, you got nothing to do, right? What begins to happen in that first 30 days? It, there's a there's a chemical attachment. I'm going to I'm going to use this and I'm going to use this as analogous to being in a relationship that you want to end and the relationship in some ways served you, i.e. gave you company, gave it's you somebody to be with, it's comfortable, you know, familiar, all, all that stuff. But at the same time, you knew you wanted it to end. So it's like, I woke up with this sort of like, you know, like, like if you've ever ended a relationship. You're like, I can't believe I broke up with her. I can't believe I broke up with her. I was going to make my breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's Monday morning and you're you're sitting there and you normally had, you know, either if you were living together, you you spoke to each other. If you were dating each other, you knew that you were going to see her on the, you know, after work tonight or whatever. So there's this chemical attachment to the thing. And in my case, there was this like a chemical attachment to the business. I mean, 25 years in a career. 25 years in a career. So I'm constantly thinking, okay, I managed everything through Evernote. Okay, so I got to go into Evernote. And I'm like, no, I could actually, I tell, you the, I tell you the hardest thing was deleting, was deleting the Evernote. Because when I thought about deleting the Evernote, I was like, I can't delete the Evernote. What if, what if, what if? And so there were pieces that were still, and then finally I looked at it and I said, wait a second. When is ever going to be the occasion again in my life where I'm going to need a chiropractic office management system to like? When is that ever going to happen? Employees, and if I, and if it ever did, then I quote unquote failed at what I was attempting to do. So the first step was you know having to delete all the conscious and unconscious attachments to the business. And that made you question your decision. And that makes you look at it and go, well, okay, am I doing sense. am I doing the right thing? I mean, should I because your brain doesn't know where to go. And then you have to, you know, sort of go into, you know, slowly you start going into the next stage of things. So if if you can if you will, right? This is a really good um example of, you know, when everyone posts that um comfort zone, right? So you mm-hmm. get the circle and it's like, this is your comfort zone and here's where success lives. And it's a circle outside your comfort zone. So your comfort zone for 25 years has been what you know, which is chiropractic, medical clinic, you know, adjustments, patients, insurance, all of that. Well, now you're going into the big, great unknown and you have to go out into the uncomfortable area. And so that's where success really is, right? And so it's so, you, I can see how you can be so easily triggered to just go right back into the womb of even though you hated it, even though you didn't want to be there, even though that it was like the bane of your existence, it was this natural pull back into familiarity, into the comfort zone, right? Yeah, because it's the devil that you can control. Well, it's the devil you know. The devil you know that you think you can control. Yeah, and so- Or that you're trying to wrestle, but you're not that afraid because you've seen this devil. Do you know what I witnessed on being on the outside? Mm. I witnessed you romanticizing- For sure. Parts of it. It's like like the relationship. You're like, well, it wasn't that bad. And then like you forgot the time that she threw her heel at you, you know, and that she really is a little bit bad shit. But- you know, you're romanticizing the great dinners she used to make and all of this. I felt like you were romanticizing parts of it that were good, but not like the complete negative. Because we had a lot of conversations like, do we do the right thing? Should we go back? What what should we do? How is this going to work? 
And yeah, so there, so there is a lot of questioning yourself, but I should say that when you truly cut the cord, i.e. lock the door, put a sign on it saying, go to this office, we're not seeing patients anymore, and then everybody leaves, you don't have a freaking choice, but you feel it, but you also know that you have burned the boats. Well, you could have went back. I mean, you got a call within two weeks to possibly be like help um, cover offices, right? You remember that? Like within two weeks of closing the clinic, you got a phone call from one of your friends, a chiropractor, another one passed away. They're like dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, and you got a call to cover a clinic. And you could have easily taken the job, went back in the comfort zone, but you didn't. So here's what I want to know. How did you stop questioning the decision you made or have you? I've no, yeah, Yes. At this stage, I have completely stopped questioning it to the point where I have... It's funny that you brought that up. I mean, I have no... Maybe 10% of my bandwidth during the day, not even 5% where it will pop up and I'll think about something like, oh, I got to make sure I clean out the rest of the office or I got to make sure I- Well, that's just tying up Just tying up loose ends, but but no. But you're no no longer, so how'd you get over it? Did you, did you, was it just you made a decision to get over it and burn the boats or did you replace it with something else? Both. One is burning the boats makes the decision for you. And even though your brain hasn't caught up to the decision being made for you, what happens is it pops back up and you go, oh shit, I got to, and you go, oh, I don't really have to worry about it because the office is shut down. Yeah. And, oh shit, I got to, oh, well, the office is shut. And then eventually when that pattern gets interrupted enough, then you start to realize, okay, well, the place is just shut down. Okay. And so that moves us into the second thing we're going to talk about, which is testing new routines, new habits, new businesses, right? So now you have all of this new bandwidth. You have all of this new time. You're like, you know, you you got your slippers on until like noon and you got nothing to do, nowhere to be. So how how have you taken this um, no longer questioning it and moved it into productive for you, your business, your lifestyle, and how has your lifestyle changed? That was That's probably a, like a no. It's, question it's there, actually but. it was actually a perfect question because you brought you brought it through my my head and how I look at it. Um, I'll answer it this way. I heard uh, I heard Rich Roll the other day who was uh, talking with uh, Brian Koppelman, the uh, the writer for uh, Billions, the uh, Showtime show. And Rich Roll said, my morning routine is now moving into the afternoon. And uh, Brian Koppelman started to laugh too. And what has happened, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's because of podcasts, it's because self-improvement or uh, people working at home, but there's been a lot of talk about what your morning routine looks like and what's important. And I have really experimented um, and still am for the most part with trying to find the morning routine that is most productive. And I would say that that second stage, I probably spent a good mm, six weeks trying different morning routines to see what worked for me, for my family, for the responsibilities that I have at different times. Like for example, on a Monday morning, you go to yoga, so I have to switch things up. And on a Friday, I do podcasts, so I have to switch things. So there's some logistical things. and But for the most part, what I did was I said, look, you know, when I was working full-time, 
I dreamed of what it would be like to wake up and meditate and read and journal and work out, have a cup of coffee and not, you know, swallow it down in the car, you know, spill it. How many times I spill coffee on me? Oh my God. I used to have to keep Tide Sticks in the office because you inevitably would spill coffee on your way into the office. And I was never able to fit the things in that I wanted to do. And so- You were always rushed. You literally looked like a chicken with its head cut off running around here. You were late all the time. I was right? always late because I was I was trying to fit things in that meant something to me and I wasn't able to fit those things in. So, you know, once I sort of got over this first stage that we just discussed, I was like, all right, well- Let's use some of this, the training that we got from Tony Robbins. What does a win look like for the day? Only you define if you won the day. And what does that win look like? Some people, you know, the win is I've got to be the perfect mom and I've got to like, you know, go work out and maintain this body weight and I've got to cook food for everybody. And, I, and they, you know, there's 20 things that they got to do for them to be successful, for them to win the day. So I crafted it and said, well, what would a win look like for me? And I was like, well, if I had a win, I would take the first half of my day taking care of my mind and my body. And what does that look like? And for me, it's meditation, journaling, and reading, working out, doing cardio, and now adding pliability to it. Now, those are things that I've not just heard in a podcast or had somebody tell me. These are things that I've tested. And when I meditate, I'm better. When I journal, I'm better. When I do cardio, I'm leaner. You know what I mean? So every one of these things. So I was like, okay, look, I have whatever day I want to have. So what does this look like? And I just crafted it out. So I've got a morning routine that fits it and supports me. And then when I get back, which is around this time, then I have a four-hour block. How do I want to spend that four hours? In my case, the way I want to spend it is doing two things. One is finding the right new people to add to the mastermind group that I currently have. And two is making the mastermind trips that I have even more amazing. If I take care of my mind, my body, and those two things I said with the masterminds, then come home and have a great family night, that's a win, man. Like I don't need to have a $150 million company. At the end of the day, I'm like, I feel really good. You know, I think that is the biggest shift that probably has been made. And I'm just, I'm thinking out loud here because before we made the decision to close the previous clinic, the goals, the financial goals were bigger and the freedom goals were bigger. And it was like, I personally wanted to have like four, three or four business centers in my network marketing company. And I wanted to be able to make, you know, multiple seven figures and residually and you know, you wanted to take over the universe and all this stuff. And then now that we've had this taste of true freedom, right? And we've seen what it looks like for the people doing the, you know, ridiculous big companies and all of that. 
what their days look like. I think we're very protective of fulfillment now. I could tell you, I could never go back the other way. I just, I couldn't go back the other way. When I, you know, we live in, uh, we live in a high rise in Buckhead. And when I look out the window and I see, you know, the main road where people are going to work and, you know, you see this clusters of, you know, rush hour in the morning and rush hour in the evening. And I look and I'm like, fuck that shit. Like when I think about having to live in that space and the thought of having to go to a company and be there for eight hours is so insane that, to that me. you're not passionate about. Now, some people may be super passionate about their job and they may love that, but for you, that's not your jam. And I think that's what this is all about is finding out what it truly is for you. Because sometimes when you're in fear, right? What, what Are we gonna be in this chiropractic business forever? Your dream becomes this massive dream, even bigger, tenfold, what you actually probably want because you're in fear, you're in scarcity, you're in whatever. But for me, what I feel like now that we, you know, cut the cord, burn the boats, and are moving into this like 90, you know, four months actually in Europe, that to me is a fucking life. Like we, people say it, you only get one life. Every time someone passes away too soon, you're like, life is short. But, you know, other than putting the quote or the meme on Facebook or Instagram, what did you do differently the next day? How did you add more life to your day? And that's what I think you've done so beautifully is you've added life to your day. You didn't just pile in a whole bunch of other shit to tackle a massive mountain that maybe is not your mountain to climb. Like maybe where you are in your life right now is instead of working, you could work easily till 8 p.m., 7 p.m., on your mastermind, on your podcast, on building, you know, a multi-billion dollar company, whatever it is. But instead you're home playing, you know, funny games with me and Sophia and having dinner and, you know, sharing with me. You're learning about wine. Oh my God, the amount of time and energy you're taking to learn about wine right now. How how great is that? You could have never have done no that way. over the last 10 years. No so way. I just think... Business is business. And yes, we we all need to make a great living. And, you know, back to Tim Ferriss and the whole dream line. What do you, would you really love to do in your life? And how much is that going to cost? And then work it backwards. And I feel like that's what we've done. We want to live in California. We want to drink great wine. We want to travel. We want to do this, that. How much is it going to cost? We figure it out. And we and we make that happen. You know, you know when you hear like you know an artist that will do you know be working nonstop. Like you know, let's use like Pink, right? She's like she's got hits and she's touring. Then all of a sudden, you don't hear a freaking word from her. You're yeah. like, what happened? She and broke. then they, she broke. And then they interview her, and she's like, I just I needed a year. Justin I, Bieber I needed, just did this. Yeah, I needed a year. I, needed I don't know two why years. I know that, but yeah, the Biebs. The um, you need a year, and I kind of feel like. Here's what I've learned through this whole process that we go through different chapters in our life for different reasons, right? Reason, season, lifetime, et cetera. And for where I am right now, I am I am fully enjoying my life. I'm enjoying these last 90 days here in Atlanta. I want to enjoy these next four months in Europe. And then I want to enjoy a new move to California. What's it going to be like two years in in California after I fill two masterminds? And I don't know. I don't know, but I know that right now 
I wake up in the morning feeling really, really excited to take on my day and to do the things that I love to do. And that brings us into the last thing we're going to talk about is not forgetting you know, where you came from. So for you, it was this 25-year career in chiropractic, never taking it for granted. And what you just said, I said this, it was a yoga thought I had the other day. You know, People always say it's not about the end result. It's not about accomplishing the goal. It's about the journey. And while I think that's true, I want to put even finer point on it, which is it's how you allow that journey to to influence your day. Meaning we have this goal of moving in 90 days, right? We're packing all our shit up and we're going to go spend four months in Europe. I could be an absolute maniac right now, stressed out, overwhelmed, not sleeping, trying to figure it out. And you know, there's a lot of moving parts of this and this journey, the next, let's call it um, six months of our life. There's a lot of moving parts of this, but I'm not. I'm taking it slow and I'm enjoying calling the pod company. I'm finding joy and excitement and gratitude in the most mundane of tasks that it's taking to do this. Like think about when we booked every Airbnb, it was with a glass of wine, it was excited. It wasn't stressed out and freaking out. And like, we are literally, we have the choice to either let this overwhelm us or let this fulfill us. And I think that is where the real joy comes from. It's not from the journey. It's whether you let that journey fulfill you or overwhelm you. Well, there's not much more I can add to that, but I will add something because I can't help myself. I know, you there's just can't. there's going to be a time, you know, somewhere on Instagram where we're going to be sitting with a bowl of pasta, you know, in the Mediterranean and somebody is going to comment must be nice and they have no freaking clue the decisions that were made leading up to that point. So, I'll leave you with this, kids. If you want to make a change in your life, Wait for it. You got to change your life. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.